laid an egg. The Batmobile lost the wheel and the Joker got away. Coming to you live from Arctic World at Gotham Zoo. It's the Ten Point Podcast Festive Christmas Festival. That's the name I settled on, okay? My name is Bruce Wayne, and I'm sorry, I mistook me for someone else. My name is just Bruce, and under cover of darkness, I protect this podcast from two supervillains. First, just the pussy I've been looking for, it's Chris. <laughs> Thanks for that. <laughs> oh, and second, I, I believe the word I'm looking for is... Ah! It's Andy. You bastard. <laughs> uh, we are the Ten Point Podcast. This is our Christmas festival. That's no tea, just Chris. The festive Christmas festival. Mm-hmm. You can listen to us everywhere you listen to podcasts. You can hear us on... Where can you hear us? Apple Music, Amazon Music. You can hear us on Spotify. You can hear us on Overcast, Downcast, any direction you like cast. You can find us on Twitter and on Facebook. We are 10 Point Podcast. No numbers, just letters. We are at 10 Point Podcast on Twitter and just 10 Point Podcast on Facebook. Speaking of Facebook, Andy, we've got a big spectacular coming up soon. Yeah, it's going to be amazing. So we actually settled on a date now, which is the... I forgot the date. The 19th? Eh... When is it? <laughs> Hi, it's the 19th of December uh, at 8 o'clock on Facebook. Uh, it will be live. Um, so <laughs> basically, it is the big fat quiz of the last 10 years um, where you guys, i.e., Bruce and Chris, will be. We embarrass going, ourselves. Yes. We'll be going one on one against each other. With the great one. Um, <laughs> on. What was it? Five rounds of ten questions of the last ten years, because there's a lot of tens because it is the Ten Point Podcast, big fat quiz of the last ten years. Um, a very decimal podcast over here, yeah. Exactly. <laughs> um, and we'll be streaming to you live uh, via video rather than or audio, so you can, if you want to see what we look like, uh, you'll actually be able to see us for the first time ever. Um, and also, you'll be able to play along, which is going to be interesting. Um, yeah. So you can see if you're actually better than Bruce and Chris. Uh, so join us there. No doubt you will be, I think. Unless there's questions on Christmas, which I seem to be an ace at uh, last quizzes to go exactly. by. But other than that, yes. <laughs> so yeah, that's on the uh, 19th of December at 8 o'clock on Facebook Sharp. Don't be late. On Next week's podcast will be the big final promotion for that. We will, uh, I don't know, advertise something yes. to get everybody hooked, I would imagine. Um but otherwise, between now and then, you can find us at the 10pointpodcast.com. There's no the at the beginning, 10pointpodcast.com. All our old episodes are up there. You can find sorts of news and articles and things like that. We have got movie reviews and movie countdowns going up all the time at the moment. It's a big movie season, of course, so there's some Christmas bits and pieces on there. And you can also find ways to contact us, send us an email, and our donate page is there as well if you want to send us any money. Uh, email us for any sponsorships too, because I know Andy and Chris are still wanting that booze sponsorship one way or another. And, and also our website hosting's coming up soon, so a donation would be handy. <laughs> yeah, we're getting towards a year, aren't we? We're almost yeah, a year I mean, old. Yeah, a year so. li- listening to people like the millions and millions have been listening to us. Yeah, all eight of you uh, that have been listening. It's, uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, yes, but by the time we get to our next season, it will be uh, we will be a year old. So I don't know if we're going to have a birthday spectacular or whatever at some point. But uh, yes, get in touch and get in touch with us through any social media channels as well. We want to hear from you. And we want to hear from our overseas listeners as well. We have got plenty of them from all the various countries around the world. We've had most of the season. Andy's been giving a shout out to them. Andy, do you have a shout out for anybody do, new or different from no, last no, week? No, we've got a new one. I don't think they can get us there because it's pretty harsh over there for the internet. Uh, it's China. Uh, so if, right. if, yeah, the, chi- if the Chinese the are listening to us out there, uh, I've struggled with this one because on Google Translate, I'll give you a spoiler alert. It's... Uh, where I do my translations from, it's not actually me talking. Really? Oh my uh, god! Oh my god! So, sorry if uh, if you're in China, uh, there was simplified and a traditional Chinese. I don't know what a lot of you guys talk out there talk, so I just went for simplified Chinese because uh, it was easier. So, here's my message for you, simplified Chinese people out there. Thank <laughs> 克里斯希望您在Facebook和Twitter上将脚的照片发送给他。
Sorry, as you probably heard there, you can only understand the word Facebook and Twitter in China. Twitter. I thought I heard uh, zombie in there, but that might be something else. I don't <laughs> no, know. That was, that was, thank you for listening to the Ten Point Podcast. Please share your love with us on Facebook and Twitter. Oh, I hope they do. Well, I hope they do as well, but like, the internet's proper lockdown in there, so... And I'm sorry for I'm sorry for calling everybody simplified Chinese people. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. uh, the entire movie business these days is catered around the, the Chinese and the Chinese. We should go that way as well, I think. So yeah, yeah, please let us know if you want to partner with us in any fashion. Uh, see the previous point I was making about our podcast. <laughs> um but on to what the point of the podcast is this week. And the reason we're here this week is the 1992 action crime fantasy Batman Returns. Brought to us by Warner Brothers Pictures and DC Comics, based on the DC Comics characters created by Bob Kane. It is a sequel to 1989's Batman, uh, a film just called Batman, which Chris has watched in the last week, if you listen to our news podcast earlier in the week. You know that Chris is our expert on the 1989 Batman film. Batman Returns is written by Daniel Waters and Sam Hamm, uh, one way or another doing both the story and the screenplay for this. You may know Daniel Waters as a writer of things like the film films Heathers, Hudson Hawk, Batman Returns, obviously, and Sex and Death 101. Do you guys know anything of Daniel Waters and what he has written before outside of this film? No. No. In that case, you have missed that he wrote Demolition Man. Uh, was what he was. Yeah. He was the writer on that film, and the other writer I said Sam Ham. Uh, he wrote Batman, Batman Returns, and something called Monkey Bone, and that seems to be it. So uh, ah, he's not so shite. special. Brendan Fraser. Right. There we go. So Andy is, uh, of course, it's terrible, so Andy has heard of it. (laughs) (laughs) So yeah, they were the writers of the script. Some Batman uh, background to them there. The film, however, directed by Tim Burton, a very famous director. The internet tells me that he is famous because he's the director of Edward Scissorhands, Corpse Bride, Sweeney Todd, and Frankenweenie. Andy, is that how you know Tim Burton? Are they his major hits for you? (laughs) No. The Nightmare Before Christmas. <laughs> and Beetlejuice. Uh, Beetlejuice. I thought you might hit Beetlejuice. Uh, oh, also, I love Beetlejuice. Uh, of course, uh, with the star of Batman as well in that one. Uh, Chris, have you got any others? Tim Burton. What jumps out to you as a Tim Burton film? Yeah, he's done a lot of remakes. He did the uh, Charlie in the Chocolate Factory, and he, did he not do Dumbo as well? He did do Dumbo, yeah, which I did not know until I did research to find that Tim Burton uh, did Dumbo, uh, the one that came out. That's why Dumbo was in it. Yeah. Right. Okay. There we go. You know what's uh, trend here? The other ones that. The other ones I picked up for Tim Burton were he did the Planet of the Apes remake that I quite like uh, from around about 2001-ish, I think it was. Uh, he also did Mars Attacks and Sleepy Hollow from the late 90s. Oh, and I did know he did Mars Attacks. Yeah, he yeah. did Mars Attacks. And the first big feature film I could recognise the title of was Pee-wee's Big Adventure. Apparently yeah. he was the director of that. That's why Pee-wee uh, Herman's in this bad boy. There we go. So uh, that's Tim Burton. I think he's pretty much well-known, a very famous director. So I will go on to the cast of Batman Returns. The aforementioned Michael Keaton is our star playing the role of Bruce Wayne slash Batman. He is famous for Beetlejuice, Birdman, Spotlight, and the film The Founder. Chris, Michael Keaton, have we touched on anything that you know him from or would associate with Michael Keaton? Or have we no, done? he's in the Spider-Man Homecoming. Yes. And he's also in uh, The Other Guys. He's Detective Gene um, Hotch, I think he's called. I think Hotch. my favourite role of Michael Keaton's is him and the other guys. That's <laughs> <laughs> a great role. Absolutely fantastic. That funeral scene where he's trying to whisper and break him apart is brilliant. Yeah. The, uh, was it police captain with two jobs, as it were? <laughs> Amazing. Uh, what about you, Andy? Any other Michael Keaton roles? He, that come he is out? Beetlejuice, no matter what he's in. However, he's also Jack Frost, because it's Christmas. Yes, exactly. That was I saw that. I was like, oh, I could have gone that route with my Christmas pick. Uh, other films I picked out, uh, or other film, uh, Jackie Brown. He's a, a a big part in Jackie Brown, and then reprises the same character in Out of Sight, which I watched a few watched a few weeks ago uh, from one or two scenes. He's in a film I watched recently, but it will spoil it when he sh- if I tell you a film he showed up in. But he was also in a film called A Shot at Glory, uh, which I did not realise he was in, which I know Andy has ties to. That was I'm in that film. Before. <laughs> and is that the football film? Yeah, Sean's in it as well. Yeah, Sean, Sean looks confused and he's ticket, and I'm there with my gran and my cousin. <laughs> yeah, so uh, yeah, I didn't realise he was in that. So quite a cast for that film. That's a lot of stars. Like, <laughs> Roger Val and Andy yeah. all in that one. If you uh, want my autograph, just uh, email in, I'll give you my autograph. Send, <laughs> send, your, send your shot at Glory posters and I'll give him a sign. <laughs> uh, co starring with Michael Keaton uh, is Danny DeVito. 
Famous for, according to the internet, Throw Mama from the Train, The War of the Roses, Batman Returns, and Matilda. Andy, Danny DeVito, anything missing from that list? Aye, Sunny in Philadelphia. It's always Sunny in Philadelphia, most definitely. Uh, other ones I picked up on, uh, Taxi. Jumanji. the first place I ever saw him. He was in Taxi. Uh, Jumanji. Uh, twins. He plays Arnold Schwarzenegger's twin in Twins. Deck and... the Halls, that's Christmassy. Yep. Oh yes, that one as well. And close to my heart, Space Jam. He plays like the boss baddie in Space Jam uh, for Danny DeVito as well. And then the third star I picked up on Michelle Pfeiffer, famous for The Age of Innocence, One Fine Day, What Lies Beneath, and Hairspray. Chris, you must have Michelle Pfeiffer knowledge from somewhere or another, do you? Yeah, just Ant Man and the Wasp. That's right. the only thing I think of. <laughs> uh, for me, it was Scarface was the one I think which when I see. Oh, fuck! I so she is. Michelle Pfeiffer and Scarface. And I recently watched Dangerous Minds. Uh, which the best bit of Dangerous Minds is still the Coolio song Gangster's Paradise is still the best bit of that <laughs> film uh, it's, it's alright I wouldn't recommend it that's why I've not recommended it recently <laughs> uh, quick pop quiz for you guys it only contains one question there is one thing that links all three of these actors can you tell me what thing links all three of them money <laughs> have you got a guess Chris uh, Tim Burton uh, they have all been in the Simpsons as I think it links them it's not the most uh, difficult Group, uh, I don't know, group to get into, but Michael Keaton played Jack Crowley, a prisoner with artistic talent that Marge befriends. Diane DeVito played Herb, Homer's inventor half brother, who comes with like the supercar and the, the baby translator. And Michelle Pfeiffer plays Mindy Simmons, the co worker of Homer's, who he develops an attraction to. Uh, so they all play reasonably large roles. Uh, Michael Keaton's is only in the one episode, but the others are uh, lasting ones. And Christopher Walken, who I thought surely he's been in The Simpsons too, he hasn't been in The Simpsons. But the actor Jay Moore once played Christopher Walken in it. So he has appeared, but he hasn't appeared in The Simpsons. But yeah, The Simpsons does link them all. They were, of course, the stars of Batman Returns. And we better get back onto Batman Returns. The budget for the film, $80 million. Ridiculous. Opening weekend in the US was a record-breaking $48 million, breaking the 1992 world record, what you want to call it, at that time. It has since been beaten by about another, about another 100 films, but it was record-breaking at the time. Final US gross, $163 million, doubled its money on home soil for a worldwide final total of $267 million. So it ended up making more money in the US than it did in the rest of the world, which is kind of rare these days. It was released 19th of June, 1992, which, it's a very Christmassy film. Even if we're going to debate at some point whether it is a Christmas film on this podcast, they brought it out in June. <laughs> like, that's a mistake. <laughs> like, there must be something wrong there. But anyway... With it being brought out in June and not Christmas 1992, it qualifies for the 1993 award season, which we have never covered before somehow. So, the Oscars of 1992, Batman Returns, nominated for two Oscars. Best Effects, Visual Effects, and Best Makeup. It won neither. It lost to Death Becomes Her for Effects, and it lost to Bram Stoker's ah. Dracula for Makeup. Uh, best Picture awesome. that year, your nominees, The Crying Game, A Few Good Men, Howard's End, Scent of a Woman, and Unforgiven. What is your pick for best the picture of 1990? I've not seen any of them. I would have said, what was the second one? A Few Good Men was the second one. Yeah, I would say that one. That's probably what I would opt for of the two that I've seen. But it was, in fact, Unforgiven that was ah. best picture that year, which is kind of surprising to me. Uh, MTV Movie Awards, Batman Returns, nominated for three MTV Movie Awards. Nominated for Most Desirable Female, Michelle Pfeiffer, obviously. She lost to Sharon Stone from Basic Instinct. That's yeah. some Hall That's of Fame a... competition there, I'd have said. Uh, That's a next, tough one. Yes, next nomination, Best Villain, Danny DeFito. He lost to Jennifer Jason Leigh from Single White Female, which is a strange contest, <laughs> but he lost. And the last nomination it got was Best Kiss, um, obviously uh, Batman and Catwoman. Lost to Christian Slater and Marissa Tomai for their kiss in Untamed Heart. So nominated for five awards so far for no wins. Uh, best movie at the NT Movie Awards in 1993. Your nominees, Aladdin, Basic Instinct, The Bodyguard, A Few Good Men, and Malcolm X. Who's picking who in that one? Aladdin. Aladdin, yeah. Good shout, but there was A Few Good Men actually won NTV Movie Awards. You, you got off the horse at the wrong time there, Chris. Uh, not a bad lineup. Are we opting MTV over Oscars that year too, as we yeah. often do? Yeah, because I've actually seen films from that. I'm going to say uh, Aladdin in there bumps it up a bit better, I think. And the last awards that we cover, the Razzies of 1993. Batman Returns has made it all three. There was a Razzie nomination oh, for no. film. So it's been a long time, if ever, we've had a film that fit into every one. Uh, so nominated for Worst Supporting Actor, Danny DeVito was nominated. Oh, for this that's harsh. 
he did. He lost to Tom Selleck, who was in Christopher Columbus, The Discovery, which I will get on to in a second, because it was nominated for Worst Picture that year. Your Worst Picture of 93 nominees, The Bodyguard, the famous Kevin Costner, uh, Whitney Houston film, which I don't need to get into too much. The aforementioned Christopher Columbus, The Discovery, nominated for essentially being a disastrous production it was the father and son team that made the Superman films, the Christopher Reeve ones. They oh, put yeah. together this Christopher Columbus story. The two of them fell out in just before the film was getting made. They changed directors right before the filming started, and it led to the two main stars, Timothy Dalton and Isabella Rossellini, both backing out just weeks before the film started. And then from there, it just spiraled out of control, I think, and it made this terrible film. So, Bodyguard, Christopher Columbus. We've got final... I kind of want to watch it now. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> final analysis. Uh, a Richard and Richard Gere and Kim Basinger neo-noir erotic thriller, is what it says. I couldn't that, find any more lost. information that would have explained why that was bad, other than that information. Next nominee, a film called Newsies, but in the UK it was called The Newsboys. It was a Disney live-action musical starring Christian Bale, a film in 1992 that I'd never heard of. It's the next nominee. And the final nominee for Worst Movie of the Year, Shining Through, a World War II drama starring Michael Douglas and Melanie Griffith that was just universally mocked for its implausibility. Now, I didn't want to go digging through the entire plot of the film to work out why it was so implausible, but everybody just kept laughing about how this was the stupid most question raising film that ever was so immediately it's gone on my long list for the podcast at some point to see how bad this film was so bodyguard christopher columbus final analysis newsies or shining through worst movie of the year erotic thrillers they always lose <laughs> Good show. Uh, i'm gonna say bodyguard because it's the one i've actually heard of uh, it was neither it was in fact shining through uh, uh. the most implausible film ever made about world war ii uh, was the worst movie of the year so, Batman, all these nominations, no wins so far. It, in total, got 29 awards nominations and only won two awards. And they were Best Makeup at the Saturn Awards and Best Film Music at the BMI Film and TV Awards. So it did win two, but nothing major. On to our synopsis. Now, I'm going to take a drink of water before I give the synopsis here, because I'm going to need it. Is it that long? Amit has given us the synopsis for Batman Returns. <clears throat> in the sewers of Gotham City to the rooftops of the Gotham City the Penguin wants to know where he came from well in his villain ways Catwoman plans to kill rich man of Gotham Max Shriek but as he battles with millionaire Bruce Wayne both ladies men have their own secrets Bruce Wayne is back as Batman trying to stop the Penguin Max is helping Penguin steal Gotham City while Selina Kyle slash Catwoman tries to help Penguin not knowing her man murder man murder target also her murder is helping him but all four men have their goals taking Gotham from crime winning Gotham City assassination for two men and more money to be Gotham City's number one rich man that is what Batman Returns is about that's right. quite a mouthful <laughs> is there a full stop in there uh, <laughs> uh, no, well there is at the end there's a full stop, uh, but prior to that there is no full stop um, Graham however says, having defeated the Joker Batman now faces the Penguin, a warped and deformed individual who is intent on being accepted into Gotham society Crooked businessman Max Shrek is coerced into helping him become mayor of Gotham and they both attempt to expose Batman in a different light Earlier in the film, Selina Kyle, Max's secretary, is thrown from the top of a building and is transformed into Catwoman, a mysterious figure who has the same personality disorder as Bruce Wayne does. Batman must attempt to clear his name, all the time deciding just what must be done with the Catwoman. It's a bit more of a coherent synopsis. Well, I care so what he wants to do with Catwoman. Both of those in the books. On to point number one on the podcast, the talking points, our questions and observations. I picked it because it's Christmassy and I want something a bit different. And I couldn't think of a good Christmas film that wasn't Home Alone or Elf. That's why I picked it. <laughs> uh, Andy, how did you find the opening? I didn't like the opening for this film. It annoyed me. Because it sounded exactly like the Men in Black opening. <laughs> the the music, you mean, yeah? This is now oh, thinking yeah. is, because, Danny, because Danny Elfman did Men in Black and then this, it sounds very much the same. And it was confusing me. And then there was just far too much names coming up again. Like... I don't normally mind like a kind of a thing and you're finding out what's happening and stuff like that, but it went on a bit too long. Like, there's it no did. way that basket would float like that either. Yeah. I, went, I went straight to 
uh, the start of the film, like amazing. It's like Warner Brothers, then yeah. the film starts. I'm like, what a great beginning. And then <laughs> unnecessarily long credits over just this little thing drifting along. And I was like, ah, you had it. You had the start of the film yeah. right there, but you had to milk it too long. However, a couple of points before, like, I'll, I'll jump ahead. I'm going to go to the, the end of the film. No, that's just a Chris line, sorry. Literally, <laughs> <laughs> what I'm going to do is go to the point where you see Penguin's, like, family. I completely forgot that Pee Wee Herman was Penguin's dad. And then I'm a massive Gotham fan, the TV show. And the Go- um, in Gotham, Pee Wee Herman is the Penguin's dad. Oh, brilliant, I did not know that. And That's I was amazing. like, huh. oh, this makes a lot of sense now. So I was like, <laughs> literally, after the long credits, seeing like in between all that, while the names are still coming up, I was like, oh my God, it's, it's actually Pee Wee Herman and he's actually the Penguin's dad still. So I like that. I can't remember that start bit before. Uh, where past watching, so I've always just seen it of them lobbing the basket into the water, yeah. and then that's it. So I've always, I never actually knew that he was kept in a cage and ate cats. They had uh, the guy who played Penguin in the the Adam West Batman. Is it Buster Meredith or something like that? I'm completely blanking on his name. It's something like that. He was going to be playing the Penguin's dad. Uh, but then he was too ill to actually play the right. role. So then Tim Burton must have got on the phone to old Pee Wee and says, can you come and stand yeah. in and do a couple of bits for me? <laughs> um, so yeah, that must, that's how you led yeah, to him being cast. He's in Gotham as well. They carry that over, which is pretty cool. Yeah. Uh, my first note outside of the opening is, and the Batman theme song is an underrated theme tune, I think. Like, I don't think it gets enough credit for being... It's not obviously with the Batman theme in Jurassic Park. Uh, the Batman theme tune is, is a banger. It's not quite best song nominee level, but uh, I very much like it as a... It's a good superhero. You know where you are. You know what it is. It's a Batman theme song. is a bit of a banger. Do you know like Because I watched the first one, it's done by Tim Burton and Danny Elfman, but this one has the more distinctive Tim Burton sound than the first one does. Yeah, no, but you can tell a Tim Burton film because of the music. That, because of yeah, Danny Elfman, so because yeah. Danny Elfman does all of Tim Burton's music. <laughs> well, yeah, no, he did it in Batman, it, but it doesn't da- sound like this. It's a Danny Elfman sound. It's not, it's not a Tim Burton sound. No, anyway, I mean, before we get any further into this argument, Andy, sewers, straight away. I know, right? I'm just going to bring that up next. It's like it ridiculous. It's a trend on our podcast is death to cows death to burn which really <laughs> happens later yeah. on it's sewers it's just one fucking after another, after another. <laughs> <Classical> <laughs> fucking sewers <laughs> so yeah, yeah a lot, a lot of sewers a lot of big sewer systems as well in america always big sewers like yeah, good to put a camera down for... as well you imagine trying to do that in a uk sewer <laughs> yeah. fucking gopro instead <laughs> uh, yeah my next question very much has exclamation part exclamation points to it penguin is 33 years old is my next question because they say you see him oh, getting yeah, born and it goes 33 years later and it that's that's Andy Vito. it's like that is aging very badly like i mean he's, he's had no sunlight and all that and he's living on raw fish but that's what a 33 year old man looks like who's lived in the sewers for all that time yeah we've seen this face though like, it's <laughs> like the same same age as penguin <laughs> <laughs> How old I mean, did Dad be when he was filming it? Could he like he clearly didn't pass off as a thirty-year-old? That's a very good question. That's a very good question. I will try and answer your question while someone else asks a question. Go on, Chris, ask but, a question. See, this film's got like there's not well, there's a lot of things happening, but there's not really like questions. It's just like my first point is um, Selena saying corn dog. I was like, fucking hell, watch your language, bitch. It's not that bad. <laughs> and like. My, like the first point is when you come to the like, first see Batman, well, you see Bruce Wayne just sitting in the dark. He, does he just sit in the dark, just like waiting? Like, come on, somebody starts some shit. I want to smash somebody's face in. Yeah, I've got. It's... How and why does Bruce Wayne have bat mirrors that activate at the sight of the bat signal and point it into a certain room? <laughs> and then does he have to go over and flick a switch? Like, I'm going to bed now. Put the bat light into the bedroom, or oh, I'm going to make some <laughs> sandwiches. I better put a switch that makes it go into the kitchen so he can be like. <gasps> The bad signal. That is like honestly my first question as well. It's like, surely there's a big like. Oh wait, there. Why is Wayne Manor lighting up with some bat symbols? Because quite clearly (laughs) on the side of the house when it was going in, it was a big fucking bat thing going on. It's like, surely some like the press. He's like famous. He's rich. There'll be a paparazzi outside that mansion going, wait there. Every single every single time the bat signal goes off, Bruce Wayne gets a signal, and then then the Batmobile comes out of that cave. Yeah, right next door. <laughs> he's the shit. Uh, oh, he's roommates. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Maybe he phones them and says, "All right, the bat signal's up there." 
Switch uh, a light off, it's on my face. <laughs> Danny DeVito, 47, playing a 33-year-old uh, was Danny DeVito. He looked every day at 47. <laughs> he does, he's, just, he's a solid 47. He's definitely not a 33. Yeah. Yeah. So, I'll, 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 I'll go next with a, a question. So it's just little points. Right. <laughs> you go. My, my next question is, right, so you've got Batman, right, who, like, this is the problem I have, right? But between the first film and this, this was called Batman Returns. Was Batman yes. actually returning or was he just like... Because it's not like he's disappeared. Like, everybody's seen like another Batman film like where he genuinely disappears, they put the bat signal up, Batman does not come. This film does not explain that. It does not make sense in the title when it's called Batman Returns. I'll jump to stats because I made a track of this. Batman did return in this film and it was 13 minutes into the film. So he was gone for 13 minutes. <laughs> right. Chris might have what's the last scene of the first Batman film? Is he in it? Or is he... Uh, no, I think... Is it not like a whole point? He was, um, he was supposed to have died, I think. And then the bat signal goes up and you just see him standing at the top. Right. And so then literally the so last Batman returns. Yeah, so. I think so, yeah. So it was, in fact, 13 minutes it took him to return in this film. Right. So yeah, I think it, it just must have been just a, I don't know, an advertising thing. They don't want to call it Batman 2, I guess. So yeah, it's just, they you must think, have been like, like, just like straight away, it's like, get the bat signal out. It's like, all right, well, why? That's well, like, like the, next, the next Batman, Batman Forever. He doesn't live forever. Why is it called Batman Forever? <laughs> That's a question for another day. That's a question but, for a different podcast. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. Uh, Michael Keaton did only agree to do Batman Returns because he was very much against doing a sequel. Uh, if they said, if we were, it was like, show me the money and it has to be a standalone thing. So that's why, that's how we were able to just kind of jump in here. Like, you didn't have to know the first Batman film to watch this. Like, I have very little recollection of what actually happened. They do so make wanted... small references, like uh, Vicky Vale, that's about yeah. it. Yeah, he talks about like you an don't mention there. the Joker once in this yeah, film. Yeah, exactly. So. Uh, he was very much wanted. I, I wanted it to be stand on its own merit. It doesn't have to be like a sequel to the first film. So that might be another reason why it's not called Batman Two because they wanted to make it its own kind of thing. I've got a question. Uh, my first real point. Oh, you go. What? Selena Gomez. Would you? Would you? Would you like <laughs> Selena? Selena Kyle or Selena Gomez? Gomez. <laughs> completely different person. Selena Gomez was in the Dead Don't Die. Another <laughs> episode of this podcast. Go check out the Dead Don't yeah. Die. Selena Kyle. Uh, Chris. <laughs> Wait, Too crazy well, for you or? All right for you. Huh? She got the crazy eyes, like, but you you'd be there, you'd be fine with her being Yeah. You take her out for a meal. Yeah? Okay. Why bit, why wouldn't you? She's hot. Batch of crazy. Don't yeah. trust somebody like Not wrong with a bit of crazy? Don't trust somebody that, like talks to herself when they walk into a house and has a random. You've never talked to yourself and like walked in a bit, but oh for fuck's sake, I've forgotten something. No. That's you talking to yourself. Yep, I do that. She was talking time. to her like virtual that. husband as well. Oh she she's got a memory problem, she forgot she wasn't married, so <laughs> yeah. that'll do me. I might start doing that when I walk in. <laughs> it would wind up Jade, I think, if I did that though. So uh, maybe not a good idea. Right, my first point is like apparently being nibbled by cats has a Spider Man effect and turns it into Catwoman. Yeah, she was bitten cats. by a radioactive cat in yeah. this film. Yeah. <laughs> and then it makes her instantly able to fight and perform backflips. Yep. It's a major question of the film. I don't know I think I have my answer for it, but yeah. She it does she just like blow a not not a funny fuse in the situation as we often reference that South Park thing, but she just absolutely just I think it just breaks her, doesn't it? And she just then becomes absolutely everything that she wasn't. So therefore, because I wasn't that, I am now going to do that. Because I couldn't beat up everybody, I'm now going to beat up everybody. It seems to be mm. I am dead, as in I was killed by pushing out the window. What I once was is gone. I can now be someone else, and I'm going to do everything else. But yeah, the cats, I don't know it. I don't know why the cats were there, all to be like a comic book style thing. It was just yeah. more of an artistic expression than anything else. I right. like no pun intended. I think like Shrek pushing her out the window was just like tipped her over the edge. Mm-hmm. She'd been crapped on that much, and that was it. She just snapped. Right. I've got like my last and only question. Where you guys can like like back <laughs> out. Right. I've seen this film a lot, like a, a lot of times over the years, like on like kind of ITV and stuff like that, early doors, and then own it on Blu-ray now and stuff like that. So I've seen it a few times. However, this was the first time where I picked up on a hell of a lot of sexual innuendos that I did not yes. notice. <laughs> it's like from I can't the, remember there when I was a kid. From the penguin doing his little finger thing with the like, oh the, the oh, French yeah. finger flap. Yeah, and then like. I completely forgot that basically all he wanted to do was bang Catwoman. 
and then Bruce Wayne. He wanted to bag anything. He wanted to fill some random lady's void. Exactly. (laughs) I did not notice all these innuendos and just how like sexually frustrated the entire cast of this film is. (laughs) It's like they're all trying to get their hole in some way or another. It's ridiculous. I've not yet been attacked about the Christmasiness of this film, so I don't know if you guys are accepting of it, but it was going to well, come into my, my argument. There is a, technically there's Christmas trees, there's Christmas presents, so I'm allowing it. But the, uh, yeah, what I was, what part of my defence on it being Christmasy is every Christmas film you ever see is happy holidays, happy families, Goldberg murdering sprees aside. <laughs> like, but it's all. About, but this film is about lonely people at Christmas, and every single character in this film is a lonely person. Even Shrek has just his idiot son is all he has really. So it's oh. like these are all lonely people being miserable yeah. at Christmas and trying to be miserable together and finding out that they actually just want to kill each other for some reason but again that's i don't know modern society i guess i don't know but, I'll, I'll give you uh, yeah, right was, we'll get out of the yeah. way i'll give you is it is it an okay christmas pick uh there was a big giant present there was christmas trees getting like light switched on there's a lot of snow in this film however you've got to come out with a banger chris next week uh, for actually bringing it on full on christmas so uh, i'll say now i have struggled with christmas films that i haven't seen that i want to watch so, oh, of course. So this could be a absolutely dis- an absolute disaster. <laughs> I'm just saying. So yeah, uh, more right. on that later on. I, yeah, I, th- I thought I was on a winner because this was a bit of a gamble for a Christmas pick. <laughs> uh, but and then halfway through, I'm like, oh, I'm laughing. I've got my yeah. my bits all lined up here to, to defend it. And then Christmas just disappears <laughs> halfway through the film, and it's like, okay, now we're a Batman film. And I'm like, okay, now, now okay, I, I can see people's points now. And then the very end, of course, the, just about the last line in the film is "Merry Christmas." So I'm like, wait, the very oh, end. Wait, I do have one more question. Was, oh, you go. How long did it take them to fix that Christmas tree, by the way? Because about an hour thirty minutes in, they kind of flick back, and it's definitely been multiple days past. And there's still cleaners out there cleaning up that Christmas tree thing. They didn't make that much of a mess, did they? I guess on one hand, it might have been a crime scene, so they can't do anything <laughs> right, with it. Right, or yeah. it's maybe it's those evil Zarkus people just to, ah, come and shake more stuff off the tree yeah. every couple of hours. It's like, hey, <laughs> <laughs> keep getting in the way. There we go. That's my two answers of maybe what's happening. Okay, I'll Damn right. carnies. See, like, but this film, there's a lot of stuff that happens, but there's not a lot of questions. I was saying to Andy before, like, like, how did the goons get the blueprints to the the Batmobile? It's not like there's hundreds of them going about the bit. Yeah, that's and a, then a very valid question. All they had to do was they took it apart for that little control thing, <laughs> but he just ripped it apart and then you had full control again. My question with that is, they just put it on the bottom? So why didn't they just put it on the bottom of, like, they had to press a button that took the, the, the horrendous CGI shield casing off of it? It's like, just stick it on that. That, that was in the first one as well, by it's the way. It's going into the, it's going into the car with it. Like, it's like, why did they go through all that rigmarole just to stick it on the outside of the car and not actually put it somewhere important? I do have a fun fact about the Batmobile. I drove the Batmobile, that one. True story. That actual one. That actual one. The one that has the big flamethrower when he drives away. Um, that one. Mm. So it's like, he does the big foof and lights the guy on fire. And then it Just pulls hanging away. out in Gotham, were you? Uh, this no, is step my stats, by the way. Was it? This Batman breaks his one golden rule kills at least people. twice. He kills loads of people. I'm sure he kills at least two people. Oh, he definitely kills people in this Batman. Ah, oh, I'm not so sure. I, oh, he I definitely had does. one that was well, maybe... He sets that guy on fire, then he that's, blows somebody up. That's the one. However... Some carny with a blanket might just come running in and just patted him down, and no, he, he would have been fine. Batman blows a guy up. He definitely blows a guy up early doors. I, th- I think I've counted that guy. He was right. the other one. There was two uh, two deaths early on. I counted. Yeah, he breaks his golden rule. And yeah. does it him that kills Penguin? I can't remember now. No. Uh, technically, no, it doesn't because it's the penguins yeah. do it, really, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, my final point is we have to talk about the bat suit. Like, not until you watch a Christopher Nolan film that you realise how impractical the cowl actually is when he's got to, like, arch his back just to look up. Uh, I'll steal a bit of trivia here. Between the first Batman and this one, there were several adjustments made, but there's one particular adjustment made to the Batsuit. Michael Keaton requested that they put a zipper on the pants. <laughs> That's all he asked for, apparently. But, yeah, there were three or four other bits and pieces that were different. But, yeah, they did not think... Let's make it so we can turn his head. Is it looking like a, I don't know, a mannequin? Yeah. <laughs> uh, uh, my final point is, I think a Catwoman's immortal now. I started one. So make sure I turn at the end. 
Yeah, she was counting her life so far. I reckon she still had one left. I think. Well, no, she was. She was counting them. She was getting shot. Yeah, but she's like one. Her maths meant that she would still have one left. Yeah. I think. Uh, but yeah, I thought she was dead. I counted her as a death. I had to take it off because, like, <laughs> how do you survive that? Like, really, how do you? No matter how crazy you are, because that seems to be her superpower. These, that's the thing with this. They aren't superheroes. They're just kind of human beings, really. In this, it's like, but Catwoman's thing she had everyone is that she's just that crazy. That's how super duper she is. Uh, but she died. She definitely died there. I don't care. <laughs> <laughs> Which I will get onto in the trivia, but I'm saving that. All right, because she did I die nine have... times. So yeah. I do have uh, several questions that are completely unanswerable, I think, which I'll run through quickly, and you can give me quick answers if you like. Things like, can you suck the power out of a city and store it somewhere? And can a city have a power surplus? As in, Gotham City was deemed to have too much power at one point? Yeah, definitely. That's happening now. You've got to turn the wind turbines off because they're generating too much power for the batteries, so... That's a thing. There you go. That's a thing. Okay. What would have made Penguin a sensible candidate to be mayor of Gotham City? Like, what did Shrek... He saw he was popular enough, he was in the newspapers, but then why would this crazy man who's lived in the sewers for 30 years be a person to run a city? <laughs> Flipper fingers. He's one of Gotham's own. That's, that's, that's the only reason I can actually agree. Uh, think of is it's because he's one of Gotham's own. But uh, he wouldn't make a good candidate. Yeah, I, I was just like, he seemed to flip his switch really well because he got he denied his candidacy. So I think he was like, do you know what? I'm just going to steal kids. Yeah, I was like, oh, it's yeah, like I, the next logical plan. Stop that! Kill all the kids. <laughs> I was like, I, mean, <laughs> I won't be mayor anymore. Uh, but however, Shrek's plan for the election, like recounting and changing ballots and faking this, yeah. it does sound familiar. Which is another reason why I picked this film was the election stuff that was going on. Uh, a major question I had. What does Catwoman have against Batman? What was her problem with Batman? A man who saved her earlier in the film. She was going to die if it wasn't for Batman. Cats don't like bats. Good answer. I think it's more because Batman pushed her off of the thing. And then she hurt hurt his arm. Hurt her arm. And then she was like, up. She was already fighting him at that point. Yeah. It's just because he's got bats. When when you first see her, she's flipping out of Shrek's building after she blows it up and she goes meow. And then Batman chases her up the building, and then they start fighting. Right, okay. So, because he was trying to stop her being Catwoman, essentially. Yeah, I right. think. Being a cat. Uh, and I should have had one more. One more note I wanted to make. Penguin in his little car, when he's remote controlling the Batmobile, uh, when he gets really angry, that's exactly how I picture Andy when someone kills him in Call of Duty. Uh, <laughs> 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 yeah, it's exactly what happens. Uh, but, uh, other than that, I have no more questions, apart oh. from all the other questions. Selena, they leave the masquerade, the two of them, after finally realising that they are Catwoman and Batwoman. Batman's like, we need to get out of here. They leave, and then Batman's just on his own being Batman, and then we don't see Catwoman, and then just rock up where they were going. Were they working together, or did they just like both disappear off, I and she just on, managed to find yeah, the they're way they're on their own thing. And she takes a lot longer to get into her suit, because she had to be like vacuum sealed into it. Yeah, and so also her hair's all poking out and all that yeah. as well. But yeah, there were a lot of questions. This, this, the plot doesn't exactly hold up, and then Shrek disappears yeah. for about half an hour at one point as well, and we don't see any of him. And he comes back in again, oh yeah, Christopher Walken's in this film. But yeah, uh, I think that's it for questions for me. There's still more, yeah. but uh, we've got to run out of time if we don't get on. So, point two on the podcast, high points. What the best bits of the film were. I picked it, I get to go first. So I'm going to go from the riot through Catwoman blowing up the department store and her play with the security guards to the cat versus bat fight at that point. I think that's one of the strongest bits in the film where you kind of, it feels like it's an epic action films happening there. Uh, The scene where Catwoman arrives at Penguin's kind of loft apartment and is on the bed and then they have, she's got the cat with her and Penguin's got his little bird and all that. The the play between the two characters and actors in that scene is really good and you get a few of the really good lines and banter there. I think that's one of the high points. The the attack of the penguins at the end is the bit I remember, thinking of like, I don't know, 10-year-old me that saw this film. I always remember the penguins with the rockets on the back marching Mm. through with the amazing... Radar, it goes, meh, meh, <laughs> meh, <laughs> knowing that it's penguins <laughs> that it's hitting. Uh, but on top of all else, the high point is definitely the actual practical sets that they have. That's the, my high the, point. The massiveness of Gotham City in this film. So Andy, on to you. Take over from there. Yeah, then. I, I'm going to say practical like sets. However, it kind of goes into the low point as well. So I'm going to kind of cover both at the same time where they overuse that square like a lot. So it's like Batman rocks up, big scene of the thing. Batman rocks up again and it's the same square and then 
Ooh, a random other scene. There's some mares. Is like they they spent a lot of money on that set, so they overused it. They but, definitely. It feels like there's about four or five places this film actually happens yeah. in, rather than being Gotham mm. City that is happening in. Yeah. So yeah, practical sets. That's good. That's a high point. Uh, I like Batman. It's a weird one because like I do like Batman, but I don't like Bruce Wayne. Like Michael Keaton as Batman is good, but Bruce Wayne not so good. I have the opposite opinion. I think uh, he's a great. Bruce Wayne, but I don't like him no. as Batman because he's also like a yeah. foot shorter than Batman should be. Really, <laughs> see him I, fighting people and he's punching up yeah. at them. It doesn't look. No, I quite like him as Batman. He just he's got like the look for it and he's got the jawline. But yeah, as Bruce Wayne, his hair's a bit shit, so it annoyed me. <laughs> uh, less floppy hair would be better. Yeah. Yeah, and and Catwoman's probably the best Catwoman ever. So she is. Yeah, yeah she's she's really good. Uh, what about you, Chris? Um, I've got the Batman theme. This is this is a theme I remember as a kid. Uh, not the. The cheesy one with uh, Adam West. <laughs> <laughs> um, I've also got the Batmobile. I had that Batmobile toy as a My kid. Goodness. You could like, you could squeeze the back bit and it would pull out the Batwing. Like it was the best yeah. toy I've ever had. In my so life. And- Andy has lived out your dream then. Yeah, so you, Chris. You yeah. Like that. If you ever if you ever need to get the handbrake on it, because it took me five minutes to find the handbrake on the thing, it's just on the right hand side down by your leg. Uh, and other. <laughs> right. Every single button on the dash doesn't do fuck all. Like, I was pressing him for fucking five minutes. Going, where the fuck's What's the handbrake yeah. on this thing? I forgot about that. Like, there's not very often you see, have, like, a Batwheel with gadgets anymore. It's always just... Yeah. You know, like it, the tumbler. And it's whatever. undestroyable, yeah. yeah. It's, it's, yeah. I, I also broke the good. tumbler, is uh, another fun fact for you. <laughs> <laughs> uh, my other one is, I can never, like Andy was saying, I can never notice all the innuendos. When I first watched this, like, there's hundreds of them. So that's a high yeah. point for you, you love an innuendo. Oh, yeah, you can't beat an innuendo. <laughs> and, uh, like, these have both said, uh, Michelle Pfeiffer is Catwoman. She's, like, the best Catwoman. She, again, personally, I think she's the best thing in this film. I think she's great, but at the same time, she really ramps it up at times. Um, like, you are oh, playing, yeah. you're playing to the back row of the cinema right now. She is really, like, ah! Like she goes really crazy with it, which I think she maybe pushes the boundary, maybe a touch too far, or at least she's right up at it. But I think she's really good yeah. uh, as Catwoman. Uh, what about low points, Chris? What have you got? Uh, the weird shit that keeps coming out of the penguin's mouth. Like, why is it green? <laughs> like, when he's talking, he just randomly spits green shit out. It does. And it's yeah. just like, it could me out as a kid, and it still kind of makes me a wee bit weird. <laughs> I, I don't know why, but Max's son Chip just irritates me for some reason. Like I don't know if it's his face, his voice, or both. He's just he just fucking bugs me. I couldn't tell if it was the actor or the character. Like I've nominated the actor as like worst supporting whatever he's <laughs> for because it's like you are terrible. Are you meant to be speaking English? Are you meant to have yeah. no? Act? Like, I could not work this guy out at all, and he's not in it very much after about the first <sighs> twenty minutes. But I'm like, why are you here? <laughs> it was that scene where he goes, "Go, Dad, save yourself," <laughs> and I was just. Like, <laughs> It's like the worst thing ever. Oh, God. <laughs> uh, I apologise if you actually have a speech impediment. <laughs> uh, my next point is DG Bats. Why was he fucking thinking being a compact disc? Well, the, um, software updates. And the last... <laughs> yeah, I don't fucking know. And uh, the plot, it was fucking all over the place. Right. Yeah, there you go. That's my I, I'm going to go next because I'm going to carry on with Chris and his plot because... This has got to be one of the worst plots in a film in the history. So it's going to take me through my low, low points because, right, am I led to believe that Penguin's plan was to want to find out who his parents was, but not actually find out who his parents was, but to find out the firstborn of everybody in Gotham, Gotham so that he can steal all the firstborn in Gotham? For what reason? Was that his backup plan? Was that just his plan all along? I think that was his plan all along. That's what I'm like. That's I what I, I take yeah. away. That he I just. Think that's he, why I wanted to get into like the Hall of Records. Yeah. Essentially, would be to work out where all the first, the first born born babies so were. That yeah. is a stupid plan. And then Christopher Walken like is utterly shit in this film. Like, I don't get it. Of all the Batman comics, bear in mind this came out like forty years after the first Batman. They had all of that material to work with. They decided, I know. Let's make a brand new character that's been an absolutely nothing Batman. And. What's going on? I'm still here. <laughs> hey. Oh, well, let's carry on. Fuck him. That's so, a. Well, that's a... <laughs> there he is. I was, like, everything just went all quiet. Like, I, I don't know. Hey, yeah. 
I'm in the middle I of know, I'm going to ask you, is Max Shrek an actual real character? That's as no, far as I, I got. I can tell you, I have got, I've got some information on this. He has not uh, been in anything. Was, as Andy was saying, created specifically for this film, and he is suspiciously close to Christopher Walken's character, Max Zorin, in the Bond film of You Two A Kill. Like, he looks, sounds, and has the same name as him. So, yeah, it was like, there's like, oh, I want Christopher Walken in this film. Let's... Yeah. And also, it was meant to be... That role was meant to be, uh, what do you call him, Harvey Dent. Yes. Uh, and it was going to be Billy D. Williams. And uh, well, they changed the script so that they put in this brand new character. There must have been, I need to have Christopher Walken in this film. And they popped him in it. Yeah. So that's what happened I, on, the, on the Max Shrek point there. Proper shit. <clears throat> uh, have you any others? No, that's my two big ins. Uh, I've only got small low points. The Batmobile CGI and how the baddies had a key for it was never explained <laughs> on the blueprint. Just a random, and when he gets his flying bat suit, that is the oh, most awkward thing yeah. ever to bring out. Oh, and, yeah. and his CGI <laughs> flying above the aforementioned square that's in every scene in the film. Yeah. Uh, so the actual, I don't know, CGI special effects that he got Oscar nominated for, uh, <laughs> I was not a big fan of. They just aged badly. But yeah, pretty much everyone's evil plan uh, again is very brutal uh, when you actually have a look at it and think, why would you think that was a good idea? Pretty much every step of Shrek's plan is pretty disastrous when you look at it. He has terrible yeah. idea of terrible idea. How did you become a big businessman? Um, but yeah, they're my low points. I think that's all the low points. We've covered everybody something. Yeah. So on to point four. The trivia section are points of interest. Uh, I picked, so I need to run through the ones I have not already mentioned, because I've already mentioned a few. Batman Returns was the first Dolby digital film uh, in 1992. So there was no Dolby digital films before that. Uh, Tim Burton, the director, plays the role of Selina Kyle's boyfriend or whatever, who dumps her over the answering machine. Uh, that <laughs> is, in fact, the director, Tim Burton. Uh, I've said the Max Shrek one. Um, for the scene in the loft, if you want to call it that, between uh, Penguin and Catwoman, Michelle Pfeiffer actually had a real bird in her mouth for the shot where she opens her mouth and it flies out. Every other bit of it uh, where you needed to do something with the bird was a fake one, but they trained a bird specifically to fly out of mouths when they were opened, so she had a real bird in her mouth for about two seconds uh, during film. Huh. Uh, only Bruce Wayne and Selina Kyle aren't wearing masks at the masquerade to show that they are more comfortable uh, as masked people and uncomfortable in the unmasked setting of the masquerade. A nice little touch there. Uh, I don't know if you noticed this one. This is a big one, big trivia. The Emperor Penguins in the film weren't actually penguins. They were human beings in Emperor Penguin suits. Oh, uh, trust so, me, I noticed. Yeah. It was almost a low point, but it wasn't even worth mentioning <laughs> it was that low. <laughs> it was that low. And speaking of penguins, there were in fact real penguins there. Um, the refrigerator costs for their whole production, so the entire time we're filming this film, they topped $1 million due to sets having to be kept at low temperatures for the penguins and for the water for them to swim around in. So over a $1 million just to keep the place cold uh, for the production. Uh, uh, and two more bits. I've already, well, actually, one more bit because I've mentioned the, the Billy D. Williams as Harvey Dent meant to be in it. The last appearance of Catwoman at the very, very end, where she pops up and looks at the bat signal, was not in the script and was solely added to the film to hint that she might return in a sequel. It was added to the film just a few weeks before it came out, and was shot one day after they came up with the idea for it, and the whole thing adding into the film cost them a quarter of a million dollars. And it's not even Michelle Pfeiffer, it's a body double. Uh, so, oh, really? Yeah. And then, of course, as we know, she didn't appear in any sequels until they yeah. rebooted the whole thing and Christopher Nolan took over. So yeah, what a waste of a quarter of a million that was. Because like, I think it would have been better with the mystery of her, oh, yeah. we don't know what happened yeah. to Catwoman. I think it was a better ending. Uh, and that is the end of the trivia. Andy, you normally have a fun fact. I'll have carry on the fun? penguin fact. I've got fun, fun penguin facts. Did you know that a group of penguins in the water is called a raft? A raft of penguins. However, yeah. when they're on land, they're called a waddle. <laughs> I can see why. <laughs> so there you go. They're definitely not good pallbearers. I don't know how they got uh, the, the body of, uh, <laughs> well, of the Well, they got Dan DeVito in by pulling him on a bit of fucking fishing wire that you can see quite clear as day on the Blu-ray version. <laughs> the penguin at the far side of the yep. fishing rod. <laughs> I like it. Uh, and the last bit of trivia is I could not find any evidence of paranormal things happening uh, on set. Although sometimes. Danny DeVito did freak out a lot of the penguins, apparently. And also the monkey. <laughs> well, there you go. That's paranormal. I'll do. <laughs> <laughs> There we go. Uh, on a point five on the quiz, it's our oh, on the quiz on the podcast is the quiz. Andy, have you got a Batman or whatever Christmas themed quiz for us? Well, I know people loved the the Christmas themed quiz last uh, week, so we've decided to go I full did. on Batman quiz. 
Right, okay. And oh, when I say Jesus. Batman quiz, I mean <laughs> f- full-on Batman quiz about this film. So you've hopefully you've watched it and you've remembered something. So uh, same rules apply. Uh, buzz and beep. Uh, or whatever Chris wants to do this year. Or this... Like buzz uses the Windows sound is what he uses to buzz in quite a lot of the time. Uh, yeah. so, <laughs> for that. so buzz and you're going to beep or whatever. But I don't care. Do I, I'm yeah. usually buzz, yes. Right, you're buzz. I'll Chris, go beep. Right, there we go. Whatever you want, I'll just shout. Uh, so basically, fastest finger first. Keep your uh, own scores because I'll forget. And I won't even say, I'll just go right or wrong because we're going to rattle through these to get some big high scoring round. Right. Cool. Which actor plays Penguin's father? Oh, no, I don't know his real name. Bruce. Pee Wee Herman. Yes, correct. Fuck. That's not his real name. It is. Fuck you, I've name. been chat on like that before. No, Chris, no. carry on. No. Chris. Look on IMDb, Chris, and see what is listed as on IMDb. And what, what. <laughs> right. Anyway, it's Pee Wee Herman. <laughs> right. Um, what does Selena call the black cat who enters her apartment? Beep. Chris. Miss K. Correct. That is one all. Mm-hmm. In the scene where Bruce Wayne is watching the press conference featuring the penguin, we see a clock on the wall. What time is that clock? Buzz. Chris. Quarter past ten. No, nope. Chris. Uh, eight o'clock. Nope, it was actually ten past six. Oh, nearly. What is the name of the circus uh, that Penguin used to be a part of? Buzz. Chris. Red Tent Circus or something like that? Wrong, Chris. I don't know, Red Circus. Red Triangle Circus. Ah, oh, damn it. <laughs> When we see Alfred calling the Batmobile, which household task is he performing, Bruce? He's ironing. Yes, he is. Um, How many enemies does uh, the Batarang hit? Oh, sorry. Let's start again. Go on, Bruce, if you want to get it. It hits three, and the dog catches it. It's four. It didn't hit the woman, though. The dog caught it. (laughs) Four. Right. Oh. Any, anyway. See, I would have allowed that one because it was three. Yeah. Carry on. Three. Yeah. Uh, we see Catwoman performing Catwheel uh, cartwheels from the store that she's just broken into. How many does she do between the automotive and the sporting goods section? Buzz. Chris? Five. Wrong, Chris. Three. Yes. Ah, oh, damn it. <laughs> Um, how many canisters? Two, by the way. <laughs> how yeah. many canisters does Selena microwave to cause the explosion with the gas? Eight. Chris. Two. Wrong. Bruce. Three. Correct. Yeah. <laughs> What's the first word the Catwoman says to the Penguin? Buzz. Bruce. Meow. Correct. <laughs> yeah. I'm total guess. Right. Uh, what? <laughs> What does Penguin offer Selena to celebrate their successful plan? Beep. Chris. Uh, he wants to pump her. <laughs> <laughs> he doesn't want. To, well, he does want to pump her, but he doesn't want to offer her pumping. Uh, yeah, gonna, yeah. Oh, I guess a saucer of milk is what I'm going to guess. Nope. A touch of bubbly. Ah, that's what it was. Damn it. <laughs> right. Uh, last one. Uh, no, bubbly. I don't think anybody can win, but this is a fun question. I could win. Oh, Chris is already winning. I know he's going to win. What is the first song we hear at Shrek's, or Shrek, how he says, party? There's a song playing. <laughs> what is that song? I cannot remember. Uh, it's not Seal. Um, <laughs> I don't care. Uh, Holy Jolly Christmas, or Buzz Holy Jolly Christmas. It was actually... MC Hammers Can't Touch This mashed up with Super Freak by Danny Elfman. Ah, that's what it was. It was Super Freak. That's what it was. Oh, it was annoying. a mix up of Can't Touch This and Super Freak. Amazing. Uh, so, yeah, Bruce, you absolutely dominated there. Oh, it was 4 2. I didn't uh, dominate. I would take one of them away. That's fucking shenanigans. Oh, but then I, I did get the Batarang one. Oh, Batarang yeah, I'll give you three. that one. Yeah, so. <laughs> anyway, yes, good quiz. A good Batman quiz. And I was paying attention for a change, so I managed to get enough <laughs> questions. Right. Yeah, I'm on a streak. I like it. Uh, speaking of stats. Point six is our statistics. I'll run through them quickly as well. Swears. I've got one-ish because Selena Kyle at one point goes, Shh. 
<laughs> at, at one point and doesn't actually swear it loud. But you knew what she was saying, so I'm counting that. Explosions, 46, which is a pretty high for this season. I've not had many explosions this season. And deaths, I've gone with five. Because I think Batman did kill a person, maybe two if you had Chris, uh, the, the fire guy. So somewhere in the region of five, but and then also had Catwoman, but she wasn't dead. And penguins, I counted in this film. There were 731 penguins in this film. <laughs> 36 of them uh, were real. But at that scene where Danny DeVito looks at his audience of penguins, I paused it and I was like, right. There's one, two, three, four, 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 and there's one, two, three, four, five, six, four, four. I timed it together and I found 731 plus other ones that I counted. Uh, he's a, a large penguin army. Uh, I counted Christmassy things because I thought you guys would have put up more of a fight. So I got 10 Christmassy things. Uh, Oswald is born at Christmas. Does that sound familiar? Uh, there was a tree lighting. Shrek is referred to as Gotham's Santa Claus and gives out a bunch of presents. Twice people say Merry Christmas in the film. Selena's Christmas plans with the mum and the boyfriend and all that. She was mentioning her Christmas plans, which is a very Christmas thing to do. Alfred is decorating his tree next to a roaring fire at one point. The penguin has a naughty list, which is very Christmassy. Uh, and then twice, there's kisses mentioned under mistletoe and all that. So lots of Christmassy things okay. in this very Christmassy oh, film. Christmas. It was a Christmas film. <laughs> uh, and did they say the thing in this film? Batman. Batman. But he doesn't return. Yeah. I didn't mention, I didn't count Batman, so there was a lot of them, uh, and there was no Batman mentions of him returning, but as I said earlier, 13 minutes he did in fact return. Chris, do you have a stat? I do! Ah. There's a Wilhelm scream! <laughs> there was, <laughs> finally! However <laughs> many months later. <laughs> uh, <laughs> and there's also, um, all of a sudden Philadelphia, a little um, thing going. The newspaper guys, uh, one of the McPoyle family. Ah. That's who he was. Yeah, I was like, where do I know the newspaper guy from? What was he in? And yeah. There's a, obviously Daddy DeVito. Yes. And the acrobat that steals the baby is actually Mac's dad. <laughs> I can't remember it's called Luther. Exactly, there you go. <laughs> uh, what else have I got? Uh, yeah, and Batman broke his rule twice. <laughs> he did, He's, yeah. He was a bad Batman. Uh, what about you, Andy? Any stats? No, I didn't bother. Right. <laughs> <laughs> no, <Fair> please <enough>. don't <laughs> care. <laughs> on the point seven, movies within movies, the references that I was able to pick up on. Phantom of the Opera, Psycho, Beauty and the Beast, Citizen Kane, and The Elephant Man. Chris, do you have a movie within the movie tale spun for us? I do, but it's probably not as much detail as what Andy's is. Um, after years of saving Gotham, uh, Bruce Wayne decides to hang up his cape and start helping people legitly. So he became a captain in the police named Gene March. Uh, if that's too out there for you, it's a... Uh, the other guys, like okay, I was talking very to. Good. I like it. Very yeah. good. Andy, can you beat that? Let me spin you a little tale of... Uh, same actor, though. Uh, however, Chris is wrong where he went to. So, <laughs> after handing the mantle of Bruce Wayne slash Batman over to Val Kilmer, um, which, by the way, nobody actually noticed he was gone, uh, Bruce Wayne moves on to uh, starting his new venture where he wants to become a savvy businessman again and start uh, his new enterprise where he sells uh, milkshake machines to a small restaurant called mcdonald's um <laughs> after selling a few uh, few of his uh, milkshake machines he decides to buy the um, the restaurant mcdonald's and turns it into the global phenomenon that we know today as mcdonald's however hey. not that many people were 100 percent satisfied with uh, how he handled the whole mcdonald's thing so had to go into hiding again and change his name so because he's Bruce Wayne, he wanted to start another company from scratch. So he started his own construction company and called it Tombs <laughs> Co., where he decided to get a lucrative contract um, to clean up the great battle of New York City from the Avengers. Amazing. That That is an A+. Yeah. That one, that cannot be topped. How you doing? Uh, I'm Man, surprised. That's very awesome, all that effort. I just linked two films together. It's not that much effort. Uh, I'm surprised no one went down the route of... I've now lost the guy's name, so if you bear with me one second. The chap who was the organ grinder with the monkey? Vincent Schiavelli. Yeah. I thought you might have gone his route, because he's in like every film ever. Like He's in Tomorrow Never Dies, and yeah. he's in One Flew of the Cuckoo's Nest, and all this oh, stuff. Me, in... I looked. I just knew Chris would go for a thingy, and I thought I'll, I'll top him, because it's You'll easy. Him on that. He's easily destroyed. Yeah. Right, uh, speaking of him being distracted, point number eight, riddle me this, Chris. Very uh, apropos this week, riddle me this, Chris, our very own Riddler. Uh, what have you got for us for point number eight? Uh, nice, easy one. Favourite Batman so far? Uh, like the person or the film? 
Uh, either. Oh, okay. Uh, Mine's just Christian Bale. I just think he's a better Batman. He's the shittest it's Batman. More, um, uh, he's a more... Um, the shittest Batman. What's the word I'm thinking of? Um, I don't know. More... You know what I mean? Like, he's more up-to-date, if you know what I mean. Like, his suit actually works. He doesn't have to, like, twist his whole body to look around. Right. Best Batman, Val Kilmer. Best film, Batman Forever. <laughs> uh, I'm going best film, undoubtedly, is The Dark Knight. It is the best Batman film. Yes. But what it is just pipping in terms of best Batman thing is the Batman animated series. And my favourite Batman is the Batman in the animated series. Oh, uh, Kevin Conroy. Yeah, I think he's the best one. So I'm going him. Uh, but film-wise, I'm inclined to Val Kilmer as well. I like Val Kilmer because uh, Batman Forever, that was my Batman film. That was, I don't like, remember much of him as Batman. Uh, yeah, no, I, I remember I more of the Red Lord and Two-Face and all that stuff. But, uh, yeah, he's not the memorable thing in that film, but, but yeah, I like him. Yeah. But uh, yeah, uh, simple but easy. On to point nine on this very simple but easy podcast. Our nominations for the Pointy Awards at the end of the season, which are coming to you... Late this year, early next year, awards season. We're not sure exactly when, but you will know when we know when the pointies are happening. Uh, but it's like the your, Oscars. Uh, we don't actually know yet, but it will yeah, have a live point, studio yeah. audience. <laughs> uh, so we'll run through our nominees. I'll go first. I've been a while since I've gone first. So I've gone best death, as in quite possibly ever, uh, Max Shrek. That's quite a good death. You can't really beat that. Uh, most obvious name, a category I've been working on, Catwoman. Like, I mean, that's the best you can come up with <laughs> after that. Very easy. Um, worst plan. I've got everything Shrek does is the worst plan, I think. Uh, <laughs> but I feel like I have some rivals in that category. Uh, best supporting actor, Diane DeVito. I thought it was amazing. I don't care what the Razzies say. Best actress, Michelle Pfeiffer. Just, as in she tried to lose a nomination, but I think she's she's the best thing in the film. The most, I think the Catwoman storyline is the best bit of Batman Returns, I think. If it was actually just called Catwoman instead of uh, Batman Returns it might be better worst actor whoever plays Chip Shrek worst special <laughs> effects the Batmobile shield thing and worst father figure Mr. Cobblepot is a terrible father figure <laughs> uh, Andy what have you got for nomination uh, worst plan like whatever the fuck Penguin's plan was why did he want to get all the kids of the firstborn to then drown them in the sewers makes no sense it was a, it was a poor plan uh, closely followed by like you said like him running for mayor and the whole Shrek's plan it just that was a stupid plan uh worst cop awards uh, goes to commissioner gordon where he decides <laughs> not to actually do any police work and just fucking light the bat signal every fucking time do some detective work nothing. you bell end <laughs> he does absolutely nothing in the film commissioner gordon yeah what a waste of space <laughs> other, other than running with a batarang going we've got batman's batarang it's probably him let's arrest him <laughs> so yeah you, could, you couldn't light the bat signal there for a detective because batman would be like that wasn't me so yeah, worst. He's definitely one of the worst cop awards, and uh, I don't know. I'm going to say best inanimate object: the Batmobile. Because right, okay. this time, <laughs> and I've been in it. Yeah. Uh, what's the turning circle like on that thing? I bet it's tough. <laughs> oh yeah, because the one that I had was didn't have that fancy turning thing. <laughs> oh. oh yeah, the thing that lifts it up. Yeah, yeah. I, I didn't have that. Uh, it's fucking long. It's huge. <laughs> uh, right, Chris. What have you got? Nominations. Uh, I'm going to nominate the Batman theme. Because I think it's the best Batman theme. Uh, I'm going to nominate Michelle Pfeiffer for Best Actress. She is, to this film, what Heath Ledger was to The Dark Knight. Yeah, good call, yeah. Uh, I'm going to nominate the Cobble Pots for Worst Parents. I mean, <laughs> this whole film could have turned out completely different if that kid was showing a little bit of love. Yeah, exactly. Just because he had three fingers or whatever, yes or no. Yeah. You call <laughs> he was kept in a cage. Um, yeah. I'll... I didn't have it down, but I'll agree with you with the worst plan with uh, Cobblepot running for mayor and then stealing kids, turning to Rumpelstiltskin for some <laughs> reason. Uh, that's about it. That'll do you? Okay. That'll do me. The final point, the tenth point, the moral of the story, what lessons have we learned from the film Batman Returns? Chris, have you got a moral of the story? I do. One man's shit is another man's treasure, apparently. <laughs> <laughs> Very good. What, what were you, Andy? Don't steal kids. Ah, that's a good lesson. I like it, yeah. <laughs> Uh, I've just gone for crazy people have the most fun is what I went for because I think <laughs> the mental ones in this film they're having a whale of a time like one was nearly mayor like, <laughs> uh, 10 points of discussion sorted onto the 10 point rating uh, I go first I picked it I don't have any blurb written down uh, I enjoyed the film I had a lot of fun watching it it's been a long time since I've seen it uh, it doesn't quite hold up story wise but 
I think the actual look of the film, it's iconic, it's a fun time. So I'm going to go 7, because I think it's a 7 out of 10. So that's what I give it. Uh, I don't know who go next. Uh, let's go Chris next. Um, I've watched it loads of times before as well. I've, I've always enjoyed it. Um, like I said, Michelle Pfeiffer completely steals the show. Um, like I always feel like Batman plays second fiddle to all the villains. Mm, yeah, always. And I, it could have been a little bit shorter, but uh, it gets a 6 for me. Uh, what about you, Andy? Uh, this is the the worst Batman film ever. Somehow you managed to find the one and only. I absolutely hate this film. It's got the shittest story out of all of them. Uh, it has villains in it, which are not actually that bad, other than Penguin just stealing kids, which is not a Batman thing. It's annoying. Uh, <laughs> Bat- Batman's alright. Catwoman's the best thing about this. Uh, but overall, it's shit and it's a three. Right, okay. You think this is this is worse than Batman and Robin, the the internationally universally panned. I've not Batman rated Batman film. and Robin yet, but yeah, it's it's up there. I've yeah. never, I've stayed away from that film. I refuse to watch it. I, I don't <laughs> mind Batman and Robin. I, I, have a, I have a bit for it, but yeah, this one every single time I watch it, because it looks good, and that's why it's getting the three. It looks good, and it's a Batman film, and Batman's good, but the rest of it just crumples around it. The first yeah. one's like it's proper good. The first one's a masterpiece. This one, yeah. not so much. Oh, yeah. All right, okay. There we go. Uh, okay, the official rating then. We get a five for Batman Returns. It's Mac Dab average in the end. On to our next episode. No pressure, vital, Chris. crucial, important. Not only is it the final <laughs> of the festive Christmas festival, it is the end of season two of the 10-point podcast. And this... it falls again. On yeah, the second time the weary, the, end of season. the weary shoulders of Chris to close out the season with the best pick. And, we had and let's like build up. He has to pick a Christmas film he has not seen because he yes. only blipped once because he really, really wanted to pick Dark and Dale versus Evil. The rest of the films apparently he has never seen in this season. Mm-hmm. So he has to end it on a banger. That is a Christmas. I've film. never seen all the films I've picked apart from Tucker and Dale. Oh, there we go. So cool. uh, very up and down. And here we go. So far, Pressure is on. This could be a complete disaster. Two. Do you need a drum roll? Chris? You, this is no. This is not the film I wanted to pick. <laughs> like, like I said, I was limited by my stupid rule of films I hadn't seen. I don't know why I picked that. Um, I couldn't really pick another action film like this. I couldn't pick another horror film like Andy. Like t- so many people getting killed. I wanted to do Krampus, and I wanted to do something else, but I couldn't. So my pick is the Office Christmas Party. Oh, that was another one I, th- I thought yeah, you might you pick. Called but you it. Us some clues. We called it. It was between uh, that like, and I was the other go- one. like, I was really going to pick the El Camino Christmas until I watched it, and it was fucking awful. <laughs> so. This could be a disaster, and I apologise. <laughs> I've never seen it. That's the tagline for the big fat quiz movie quiz of the last it ten is, years. You can't yeah. put it here as well. <laughs> I can't believe you've never seen yeah. the Office Christmas Party. No. Uh, yeah, yeah. Uh, I'm not going to tell you the film that I really, really wanted to pick after El Camino Christmas, but I don't, I'd seen it. But it is a belter, and it's one of my top favourite films. So I'm going to save that for next year. It's quite a cast, Office Christmas Party. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. No, that's why I picked it. I see, I see, okay, I see, I'm intrigued. I've seen it at the cinema. But and however... Course, picked, this year where we cannot have Christmas parties at, uh, at Christmas. Oh, yeah. Of, uh, I've done the, restrictions for, the same for vacations. So, yeah, the same for vacations. So, we're ending on another random film from Chris. Yeah, out of nowhere. So, join us next time. The end of the Christmas festival. End of 10 Point Podcast Season 2. Uh, Office Christmas Party, Christmas Selection. Join us next week. Jingle bells, Batman smelt, Robin laid an egg. The Batmobile lost the wheel, and the Joker got away.